Grab your popcorn and your friend's password to the streaming service, letting the worst be heard from so bad it's good to so bad it's just bad. Tragedies on screen. Watching the worst movies you've ever seen. Hello and welcome everybody to the Tragedies on Screen podcast. There are movies that should never be seen by anyone and it is our job to watch them all. I'm Mike and with me as always is my stunningly gorgeous honeybee wife Jessica. Hey y'all! And this is episode 8 of our podcast and this week we watched the 2012 Halle Berry movie Dark Tide. Not too much background about this movie. It was filmed in South Africa. And this is the second time Halle Berry has appeared in our podcast. Obviously, the first time was episode two for Catwoman. It was really strange because Halle Berry has an Oscar and she is not the actor or actress that you would think would be the first one to appear twice on our list. Um, when looking over the list of movies we have, the actor or actress more likely to appear would be Nicolas Cage, and he has appeared in none of our episodes so far. Not yet. Not yet. Which reminds me, at the end of this episode, and for the next three weeks, well, at the end of this episode, we're going to announce that the next three weeks are going to be very special. You already know what one of them is is that three weeks from now, we are going to, on episode 11, we are going to select not from our list of bad movies, but from a list of movies fans have given to us to select from. So if you want to get your movie in, you've got two weeks to do that. And then we'll announce at the end of this podcast what episodes 9 and 10 will be, so stay tuned for that. Anyway, back to back to Dark Tide. <laughs> the movie was filmed and finished filming in 2010, but wasn't actually released until 2012, I think because the studio saw it and just decided they wanted to put it on ice for a little bit, and then kind of said, hey, we need to release something, so they released it in 2012, and it was one of the first movies that was released in theaters and in streaming, or at that time called Video On Demand, at the same time. Because of this, it was not released to critics beforehand, and I'm pretty sure they knew why they didn't want to release it to critics beforehand, because the movie is absolutely terrible. Pretty sure this is the first movie we've seen on our podcast that has an outright 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. They spent $25 million to make this movie, and it made less than $500,000. Halle Berry and her co-star Olivier Martinez got married for three years, had a son, and then they got divorced. I believe this was Halle Berry's fourth husband at the time. Um, so there's that. But anyways, babe, you have a very difficult job here for a reason we'll get to explain in a little bit. But how would you describe the plot to this movie? Yes, the plot was trying just because, you know, nothing really happens in this movie and it was supremely boring. But here we go. Um, so Kate is the main character played by Halle Berry. Kate, her husband slash boyfriend, we're not entirely too sure how they started their relationship in the movie. His name's Jeff. Then they have this 
mutual friend slash worker that they work with, Tommy and Temba, are filming a movie about sharks. Kate free swims with sharks. So what that means is she doesn't put any scuba gear on. She's not in a cage or anything like that. Like she's literally swimming with sharks with like a little snorkeler coming out her mouth. We find out later the reason why she does this and she isn't in like scuba gear with the oxygen is because apparently the bubbles, um, like sharks don't like bubbles that are coming out of the scuba gear. So anyway, so whenever we talk about free swimming, we're talking about that where like literally she's just holding her breath underwater and then she'll pop up every so often to you know get air so anyway she's free swimming with sharks while Temba is more or less like her lookout um so he'd be looking around for other sharks he's in a scuba scuba suit and Jeff is the one who films everything he as well as well is in a scuba suit um, and then since Temba was resistant to getting into the water for unknown reasons and that he mentions he's retiring, of course we know that he's going to get munched real good by a shark. And that's exactly what happened. We then flash forward five years and Kate is doing boat tours of everything except sharks. So she'll take people out on boat tours to see whales, seals, penguins, dolphins, so anything except sharks. Jeff comes back into the picture um, and they are apparently estranged but not divorced. They're still, they're technically married. Again, we don't know if they were married at the beginning of the movie or if they were just dating. But anyway, Jeff connects Kate to this like big wig dude named Brady and his son Luke. Brady wants to swim with sharks like Kate, like do the free swim, not in a cage. Kate is resistant, but Brady offers $100,000. Yeah, so her tour company is going out of business because they're doing everything except sharks. So losing Temba, I guess, scarred her and she hadn't swam with sharks in a while. So she's in dire straits. So she really needs that money. Exactly. And Jeff further convinces Kate to do it with the agreement that Brady will not leave the cage unless Kate says it's okay. So the whole lot, Kate, Jeff, Tommy, Brady, and Luke go out on Kate's boat, which is a tad run down, and they have the goal of swimming with sharks. Tommy Brady kid. Tommy Brady kid, honestly. Um, and then, by the way, before they actually, you know, their boat leaves the dock, there's this random scene of three poachers stealing oysters from the reefs, and one of them gets eaten by a shark. This whole thing is never revisited or heard about again in the movie. But that just happens. So why not bring it up? Uh, so anyway... The crew, they anchor the boat near where a bunch of seals live and they chum the water trying to attract some sharks. One does come and Kate agrees to get into the water with Brady and Luke in the cage. Jeff is the camera guy, so he is in the water filming and Tommy stays on board to hold down the fort. You know, make sure that the cage can be brought up and whatnot. Um, by the time everyone is like settled in, so everyone has their wetsuits on, the two are in the cage, the, the other two are in the water, the shark is gone. Brady is super upset by this. Um, and so then they kind of tried again. They use this 
dummy seal. Um, like they're pulling this dummy seal as the boat is going a tad fast to attract some sharks. It does work. Um, two sharks start swimming around the boat. So everyone gets back into the water except Luke. He's more interested in taking pictures and he really isn't into the whole swimming with sharks thing. He's only doing it to spend time with his dad. While Brady's in the cage, the sharks swim around him and he gets frustrated that he can't free swim like Kate. So he literally just opens the cage and pieces out of it. He swims after one of the sharks that swam by him and he touches his tail and the shark is pissed he like immediately turns around um swimming towards Brady and Kate comes in time to push the shark's nose away so everyone gets back onto the boat and Kate is absolutely pissed that Brady did not follow her instructions and stay in the cage and tell her say so everyone literally everyone gets mad at each other except Luke and Tommy they're pretty chill the whole time but like uh, Kate's upset with Brady and Brady's upset with Kate and Kate's upset with Jeff and Jeff's upset with we, Kate. <laughs> we don't really understand why Jeff and Kate are getting upset with each other. Something about a text. I don't know. They're really pissy with each other. They won't let it go. And I mean, throughout the movie, they have kind of an on again, off again, flirtatious relationship. And it just kind of boils over in this scene for no real explained reason. I mean, they could have just called off this thing with the Brady guy, but honestly, well, the, the whole text thing that Mike's talking about. So while Kate Brady and well, while all of them are meeting, um, to like, whether Kate agrees with taking Brady out or not during that meeting. So this is like before they go on the boat, they're at the restaurant just trying to like come up with an agreement. Um, while Brady and Kate are talking where Kate is very much against him swimming outside of the cage. So they're kind of like discussing that. And during this time, Jeff sends Brady a text basically saying, hey, agree, I'll talk her into it. Like, don't worry about it sort of thing. And so basically that comes out and that's why the two of them, the Jeff and Kate are kind of bickering with each other. But then it goes beyond even just that it's just it's it's really silly and it lasts for a good long time so that's where it's like all right there yeah. a lot of these scenes just drag on significantly longer than they need to <laughs> exactly so basically every everybody's flipping out at each other but kate is really the one that goes way off the deep end and was kind of like fuck it you want to go swim with big sharks fine, I'm going to bring you out to the biggest, baddest sharks we got sort of thing. Um, so then everybody goes to Shark Alley, which is also known as the Cape of Storms. This is a legitimate place that's always storming. Yeah, basically. It's, it's not known for its sunny, you know, sunny weather and calm waters. It's the tip of between the tip of Africa and Antarctica. Obviously, the tip of Africa and South Africa is a relatively tropical place with warm water and Antarctica is not so much. So the cold waters from Antarctica and the Southern Sea mix with the tropical areas near South Africa from the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean on the other side. And you just get a bunch of storms and choppy water. And it's called the Cape of Storms because... It's always storming. <laughs> Thank you, Science Mike. <laughs> like the explanation. Um, and so basically they're 
like ramping up the danger from like, I'd say it's pretty dangerous to swim with a shark. So I'll say a hundred, but now you're ramping it up to a million. Not only are there a shit ton of sharks that are bigger, more numerous, there's the storm that's happening all the time. So basically everything that I would think you would avoid, um, they're just going straight into. Um, when they actually get there, Brady is all like, I need to go in the cage. I don't want to free swim. And Kate gives him a hard time about it, which again is one of those scenes that we don't need. It's kind of stupid. But anyway, they all get back in the water again and all hell breaks loose. The anchor of the boat starts getting dragged because of the rough seas caused by the storm. Tommy and Luke are trying to fix the situation, but nothing works. During this time, the cage's chain breaks um and so the cage just kind of plunges to the bottom of the ocean it's not too too deep the cage with brady in it yes the cage with brady in it thank you um and so kate you know swims down to get him out of it and during this time the boat capsizes tommy is able to get like on top of the flipped boat jeff kate and brady end up joining him so they're swimming up to them but luke is nowhere to be found because they left luke to drive the boat for no real reason right yeah they were trying to yeah he, luke was trying to drive the boat to something and while what's his face tommy tried to get the anchor right but mm -hmm. luke had never driven a boat before and they no. were in very choppy waters off the cape of storms which is also called the cape of good hope because you need a lot of hope to get through <laughs> makes sense so anyway tommy is freezing his ass off because he's not in a wetsuit neither is um luke and jeff finds him a rope to basically tie him um so that way he can stay on top of the boat and out of the water as much as possible uh kate swims out to this blinking beeping thing that we later find out is the emergency life raft brady hears and sees luke um he's not too too far away from the capsized boat uh brady swims out to him and as he's trying to bring him back to the boat, he kind of stops because he's getting real gassed. Jeff brings Luke the rest of the way back. But during this time, a shark bit off the feet and then proceeded to bite off more of Tommy, apparently, the next time we see him. Um, Jeff realizes this and he tries to push Tommy's body as far away from them and the boat as possible. While Brady was trying to make his way back to the boat, he was eaten by a shark in a very epic sort of, you know, shark jumping out of the water with him in his mouth. Shaboosh! Back into the water. Yeah, the shark does a breach for anyone Thank who's you. familiar breach. with nautical terms. <laughs> and so we got the remaining three, Kate, Jeff, and Luke. They swim to each other and they get in the raft they are then rescued by a helicopter the next day yeah, movie so, ends <laughs> so the boat was not capable of withstanding the cape of storms and the sharks but that little life raft certainly would hold up mm-hmm mm -hmm. makes sense to me it makes sense to me too 
Um, oh, and then there was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If you listen to our episode, our last episode, um, or actually, no, it was our last first look we, where we watched the trailer of this movie. Um, Mike and I, we made a bet. <laughs> Mike brought up how, you know, you know how a lot of movies with attractive women, so Halle Berry, you know, um, they'll do these scenes just so that way it's like, oh, look how hot her body is, da 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 da. And so Mike brought up the fact that it's probably the movie's gonna open with her getting into her sweat, uh, sweatsuit, her wetsuit. And so then we came up with the bet of, well, how many times will the movie do it? Mike bet that the movie would open with her getting into a wetsuit and that her putting on a wetsuit would happen like five to six times. I thought that the movie would end with her taking off of wetsuit and that it would happen maybe four times throughout the movie, um, her getting in a wetsuit. But anyway, the movie surprisingly only showed her getting into a wetsuit once, like by our standards, because we're 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 thinking, you know, the movie's gonna take advantage of an attractive woman squeezing herself into a wetsuit, you know, zipping everything together, being all hoochie, sexy, sexy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they did show her a ton in a bikini, but there was never the putting on the wetsuit except one time. So. No one really won this bet. No. <laughs> so that's the uh, result of the bet, if you were wondering. I mean, like every other scene in the movie, though, they really dragged that out. Like, she was putting on the wetsuit, then she was having a conversation that went nowhere with Jeff. That conversation dragged out. I don't even know what they were talking about. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it was something flirty because he ends up zipping it. Oh, the that's rest of right. The way. Yeah, because they keep having this flirtatious, will they, won't they kind of relationship throughout the movie, which just doesn't go anywhere again. <laughs> Honestly. So, anyway, so that's the result of the bet. No one won, no one lost. So, uh, maybe we'll have another one in the future. Correct. Uh-huh. So, anyway. Even though this whole movie was just wrong, it was bad, we really only have four things that went wrong because this movie was a big bunch of blah. Yeah, nothing happened in this damn movie. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened for extended periods of time. They aren't even building up to anything for a Babe, lot of it. you're jumping ahead. I That's know, one of I our know. numbers. I know, but it just <laughs> makes me angry. It just makes me So, babe, what was the fourth thing that you thought was the worst? The fourth worst thing. So, according to the director, and I can't remember his name, I don't deserve, I'm not going to give him credit because he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> according to number four, this was a suspense movie, according to the director, and he didn't consider it a horror movie. But a lot of suspenseful movies have suspenseful music buildup to let you know that something is happening, or they play suspense suspenseful music and then the music kind of softly drops out so you're thinking okay something's about to happen i'm tense i'm ready this movie didn't have a soundtrack at all during the calm quiet times where they're just showing endless shots of the ocean and people swimming and sharks swimming they do have you know calm sounding oh i could fall asleep to this music i mean it kind of sounds like enya for people who you know know who enya is but It's not Enya because it's not good. So 
it's just it sounds like calming soothing music in this suspense movie about sharks and otherwise we just get natural sounds and ocean sounds and everything like that there is no music here to kind of set any kind of tone or mood and it could have really used it not that it would have made this movie acceptable or better but it would have made people feel something because mm-hmm. otherwise you're not feeling anything because nothing is happening yeah if you think about like if you think about any horror movie there are some movies with or without music, you, you'd still jump. You'd still get scared. But there are definitely horror movies without the aid of music. You would just be like, oh, you know, because of the suspense isn't, like, bubbling to the surface, you know? Um, so, like, a good example of this, I mean, it is a good movie, but I think the music really turns it up a notch. It's called What Lies Beneath. Harrison Ford's actually in it. and um, it's a good movie. Shoot, what's her name? uh oh michelle pfeiffer yeah um yeah that's like a horror kind of thriller movie if you haven't seen it i'd I'd recommend it i don't know if it's on anything but i feel like that's a really good example of just music being played at those moments in such a way that you can't help but jump or be startled it just did such a good job um now, the music that was in the movie was really pretty, so, like, I did like it, um, but just like Mike said, it it was lacking. There should have been a lot more music and, like, different types of music to build the suspense. Like, it's music you would do yoga to. Oh, yes! It legitimately <laughs> is! So, if you're someone who likes to do yoga or is getting into yoga... Play the soundtrack for this movie. It'll be perfect. I mean, think of the Jaws music. Snap. Yeah, and this movie didn't have that. So, babe, what, what do you say the number three thing that's wrong with this movie is? So, there were so many parts of this movie that just went nowhere so i already talked about the three poachers um and how one of them gets killed by a shark um like that just happens there's no the the funny thing is too is the poachers call themselves poachers yes they announce (laughs) like the movie couldn't do any showing so it just had the poachers tell us that there were poachers they're literally swimming out in the ocean and it's like well, we're poachers, so we better do this quickly or something exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like whenever you have to describe, like, the people yep. in such a way that you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yes, it's it was, it was so stupid. And these poachers are never brought up again. It's never mm-hmm. shown. It, it, like, the scene doesn't do anything other than saying, hey, this movie doesn't have enough action, so let's throw in another scene of somebody being eaten by a shark. Exactly, exactly. And it was a very, well, it really wasn't quick, but it was quick at the same time. So I guess... For this movie, it was quick. (laughs) Yes, For a normal movie that it would be a little bit run on. Exactly. Um, Then there was another, another situation where... All of a sudden, the hydraulics of the boat goes out. And this isn't during the storm thing. So, I mean, it would kind of make sense. Like, oh, the boat's having issues during this bad storm. Let's add to the tension. Nah, this happens um, while... They're on their way there. On their way there. But they're not there yet. 
And it was just such a random thing because the hydraulics go out, but it looks like they're not trying to cut the engine or anything. So they're all like, we're going to speed into these rocks. Right. So when the hydraulics go out, it means that they can't steer the boat. Um, So they, yeah, they're upset because they have to steer manually, but they have the ship at full throttle. Mm-hmm. And they do nothing to ease off the throttle, pull it back, and the ship is just kind of careening towards the rocks. And I think it's Tommy who says, oh, hey, I can't fix it because we need to bleed the lines, get new lines, and install everything. And then a few minutes later, like, oh, yeah, we fixed it. Yeah, legit, though. Legit, though. And the thing is, when they actually, like, steered the boat away from the rocks or whatever it's not even close like it's that part is isn't even suspenseful because you're watching it being like what the hell like because you're you're just thinking of all the things that they should be doing in a situation like that and because they're not doing it you're just like this is dumb it's less suspenseful and more why are these people so stupid exactly and how did they fix the hydraulics so fast i mean if you lost power steering on your car it's not like you could just go right underneath a car and 10 minutes later be like okay i got it back you would you would have to drain the lines replace your lines and refill with power steering fluid and then you know drive around for a little bit to circulate it and this one it took him five minutes to fix it and those five minutes weren't all that suspenseful or and again it was building up like something was gonna happen and then nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Then another weird scene. All of a sudden, Brady, so this is the dad, um, He's. this is a scene where he's arguing with Luke. Um, I can't remember why. I think it was about maybe wanting to get Luke to swim with him right. with the sharks. Or... And then he made it about how he was brought up with too much money so he doesn't have to work but that so the had, kid's spoiled but that has nothing to do with wanting to go in the ocean i don't i don't know what they were arguing about honestly and then so the son luke brings up something like well you know we all know that you're dying of cancer in like three months <laughs> so i think he's like insinuating like okay you're you're trying to do these ridiculous things like swim with sharks because you're trying to live life because you're dying of cancer sort of thing but the dad's like um denying it and then we never hear about it again the tommy wiseau school of writing cancer yes i have cancer (laughs) oh mom you'll be fine So it was kind of like that, except Luke was the one who was, like, worried about him. And the dad's like, I don't have cancer. Right. And they never bring that back up. Nothing about that is ever, I don't know. I don't know why it was put in the movie to begin with. I don't know why this movie was made to begin with. So I guess anything that was put into this movie is completely unnecessary based on the fact that this movie is completely unnecessary. (laughs) Um, And then another random scene that went on forever was Kate swimming with seals. So this was the first time that they were trying to get people, like, to get... um, Brady and Luke to like see the sharks. Um, so when they were around a bunch of seals and so Kate and Jeff were like, Jeff was kind of setting himself up and Kate was like, yeah, this looks good sort of thing. And so it's just her swimming around and with seals for such a long time. And (laughs) and all you can think of is that 
the dad and the son are just chilling in the cage while she's like nowhere near the cage just swimming with seals right yeah <laughs> i i don't know what the purpose of that scene was did they need more ocean footage i mean the movie is two hours long and mm -hmm. some of this just it doesn't advance the well there's like two scenes in the entire movie that advance the plot. So So this is getting into our top one <laughs> right. reason I'm why sorry. this movie I, sucks. I keep encroaching so, into that area. The, oh yeah, that's top one. We're not at top one yet. So <laughs> I was about to say go for it, but we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so exactly what Mike's saying is just like there are needless scenes in an already super long movie that is super dragged out so like why are we doing this scene where i think i don't think it's an exaggeration i think it lasted like 15 minutes yeah or so. at least I, I i agree i remember that was that was really bad <laughs> so i'll save the number one for you so i'll do number two go and then it, we'll go to be. you so the second worst thing about this movie was the scenes that were actually like Full of action like with shark attacks and stuff it was just so dark so when the poacher um gets eaten slash attacked by a shark you couldn't see what the hell was happening similarly when tommy and brady were attacked towards the end of the movie you couldn't see anything either um like you couldn't even see that the sharks were really like approaching there it there was no buildup of suspense um so the scenes that you would think they would want to extend or like take the time to, you know, have the viewer get into it were just super quick. Um, the only shark attack that you could see was at the very beginning with Temba. So that one wasn't dark, but all the rest of it, super dark. To be fair, this movie is called Dark Tide. <laughs> so it's true. They, it's they true. were just living up to the title. That's true. That's true. I mean, this movie was rated PG-13, so maybe they kept it in the dark so that it wouldn't look as bloody and gory, mm. so that, you know, everything was too dark to re be able to see reliably and keep it to the PG-13 rating. Uh, that's my only guess. Cause that's a good point. Because otherwise, in a movie about shark attacks, kind of like Grizzly 2 in the movie about bear attacks, you didn't actually have the shark attack. Or you did, but you couldn't see it, so it doesn't really matter anyway. I will say that the scenes with the sharks were actually pretty cool, though, because you could tell that they were filming real sharks. Yeah. And that, that is pretty cool, because, you know, you don't really get to see too many great white sharks up close, because uh, it's illegal to keep them in aquariums, and, it, you know, it's generally very, very difficult to film around them for very obvious reasons. They're dangerous animals, that, and they live in the ocean. But, I mean, that was pretty cool. But it would be even cooler if we actually got to see the, you know, horror and suspense part of the horror suspense movie about the sharks, which we did not get to do. Exactly. And the thing is, it's like, maybe you're thinking out there, well, they're using real shark, like, or videos of real sharks. So how are you going to make a good scene where it's suspenseful but with a real shark or like without making it look like trash the thing is it's like literally they didn't even make too many allusions or alluding to there a shark being there so it's like you literally don't even need a shark in the scene like 
to at least get it going that a shark's there. Like right. like having the whole fin point out of the water. Like you know it's a shark and so we can freak out. But there just wasn't much of that no, happening. Not at all. <laughs> In the actual like attacks that they did have where you could see like the shark's mouth around whatever they did a good job it still looked real so i yeah so maybe mike's right with the whole thing that it's rated pg-13 and maybe that's why they didn't show too much of it that's what i was thinking of after watching it last night i was like why would they keep all the shark attacks in the absolute dark <laughs> and then i was like okay so it is rated pg-13 if they showed a shark literally tearing someone apart it would bring it up to the r rating for gore and violence and so you can't really see a lot of blood in this movie because as soon as they're bit it you know dis dissipates into the water so and because it's nighttime, you can't really tell the dark blood spots from the rest of the dark water around them. So, I mean, you can tell that somebody's bleeding, but it's not outright gory and red and everything like that. So, I really do think that's one of the biggest reasons they kept it that way. That makes a lot of sense. So, the number one thing, <laughs> and I am going to cut you off and go straight to it. Mm -hmm. Go, number, babe. The number one worst thing about this god-awful movie that I sat through for two effing hours is that nothing happens in this movie. There are a few times where we're built up to believe, hey, something's going to happen. The ship lost its power steering and hydraulic fluid and they're on their way to the Cape of Storms. Oh no, is something going to happen? Oh no, nope, it's fixed minutes later. That problem solved. And oh, hey, look, there are poachers. One of them got killed. The other ones are still leaving. Maybe the poachers are going to come back and there'll be another enemy or uh, antagonist to this movie. Nope, never heard from again. And the only time something actually happens in this movie are the very beginning when Temba dies, which sets up the rest of the plot where Harry Berry's character Katie is reluctant to do any more shark tours or any more shark swims. And that part of it just goes on forever. So, you know, she's reluctant and then she's like, okay, well, I got to take somebody out because I'm going to lose my boat and everything else. Um, and it's not really, you know, explained why do you still want that boat? If you're still, if you really don't want to swim with sharks or do what you do best anymore, why are you even doing tours anymore? Why don't you just do something else? And instead, nope, she's going to go do one last shark tour for a hundred thousand dollars with her husband slash boyfriend and it's will they or won't they and that the will they or won't they scenes go on for 20 to 30 minutes and they drag out this movie that has maybe two to three scenes that really advance a plot into two hours there is no reason for this movie to be two hours long. It that so much of the movie is filler. I would I would say everything except for Temba's death and the final scene of the movie can be completely cut and you will miss nothing. You will miss nothing. All of the rest of the conversations people have, all the rest of the arguments that people have, all of the scenes of Halle Berry swimming with seals and random other sharks, they're just filler because nothing happens. I mean, we're led to believe maybe something would happen when uh, uh, Brady gets out of the cage and he pets the shark on its fin and the shark spins around, but nothing 
happens, okay? Like in Seinfeld, when Jerry is trying to convince the NBC network execs that something is going to happen in their uh, pilot, their sitcom, and George Costanza says, No, Jerry, nothing happens. And that is the movie. Nothing happening for two hours. Thank you. <laughs> you can tell that Mike is actually pretty upset because as as he's explaining this, I'm watching and his like freaking like vine is like throbbing. Like or vein. I said vine. Vein is throbbing. Um yeah. Everything he said, I completely agree. <laughs> so you can definitely take his word for it. Oh god. <laughs> I need a Xanax. <laughs> so yeah the movie's not great but we do have our quote-unquote favorite scenes so my favorite scene of the movie is this really awkward pretty cringy wtf moment where basically the dad brady is forcing or trying to force his kid luke into the sweatsuit sweatsuit i keep saying that wetsuit into the wetsuit <laughs> um for him to get like um remember how the second time they go swimming with sharks where he's in the cage while brady's in the cage his son was just really not into it so he was telling his dad they didn't want to um but yet his dad is like pulling on the leg of the wetsuit and the son's going ow ow that you're hurting me and then he's like trying to put his arm into it again like looking like he's gonna be breaking the kid um and then as you're watching it you're thinking oh maybe this is happening because you know he's being pretty rough with him maybe by mistake he'll like push him off the boat and then because we know there's sharks in the area maybe there'll be like a nail biter situation nope 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 it was just the dad trying to force the kid into the wetsuit right because nothing happens exactly babe what was your favorite scene of the movie so this was difficult because there weren't too many scenes in this movie that actually mattered so my favorite would be that kate uh decides to go out into the cape of storms after the big scene that jess was talking about where everybody just gets into a fight with each other for no reason kate kind of kind of finally decides that she's had it and she's just gonna give brady exactly what he wants and drive their little beat up boat out into the cape of storms so the boat is really old it's really tiny and it very clearly from what we've seen in the movie is not going to hold up in a place called the cape of storms so they go out there and obviously the hydraulics fail and then the anchor isn't strong enough to hold the boat down in the severely choppy water out in the storm and the boat flips over in the middle of you know the water where all the sharks are and brady and tommy get killed and so Kate's decision to just drive out into the Cape of Storms is pure negligence with that boat there. And her the her actions are what gets people killed. And the movie just kind of blames it on Brady for wanting to go out there. But she's the captain of the ship. And he's someone who has apparently never been on a ship before to go swimming with sharks. So why is he the bad guy and not the person in charge who decided to take a ship that's not worthy enough or seaworthy enough 
out into the middle of an extremely dangerous situation. Then they let Luke drive the boat in the middle of the extremely choppy waters, even though he has literally zero experience driving a boat, which also doesn't help the boat get tipped over. So Katie has made absolutely disastrous terrible decisions but it's played up like she's a big hero for helping with the sharks the situation she got them in to begin with and that's that's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> now babe do you think this is a bad it's good or so bad it's just bad movie this is so bad it's like bad really really bad i would rather read a 200 page technical manual of i don't know some code writing language i've never heard of before then watch this movie again yo agreed it was just insanely boring just the movie was super boring if you have and it's about shark attacks and so it shouldn't be boring right but it, it is if you have insomnia this might help Yo, agreed. Um, so our ranking, so we got those two lists. So the two lists that we're sticking with, at least at the moment, is an actual like recommendation of watching, like um, from highly recommend to no, don't watch this movie ever. And then we have a list that's like what the f is this this doesn't even count as a movie from it's an actual movie to no this isn't sort of thing so we still have grizzly 2 at the top for recommending um movie yeah movie list yeah i would say grizzly 2 is really the only movie on our list that i would actually recommend yeah like and say hey if you have time go out and watch this movie. well you don't even need to have time to watch this movie grizzly 2 is amazing oh, yeah. i love that movie and it's only we 75 see the movie anyway yeah and it's only 75 minutes long so you don't need a lot of time to watch it no you don't right and i would say flatliners and morbius that would be kind of like, if you have time, if you're bored, they're decent. They're actual movies with the plot. Yes. Um, That's about it. Santa Claus, it was pretty boring, but maybe Christmas time, if you want to watch a movie that you haven't seen before, that's maybe. Yeah, Santa Claus was the most meh movie on this list. Exactly. Um, Christian Mingle, that's... I mean, I would so say <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Wicked racist, all of that. So it might be good to watch just so you can be like, I cannot believe someone actually watched this movie. Right. Um, but anyway, Catwoman, Dark Tide, Rollerball, don't. Don't, don't waste yeah, your time. At all. Don't waste your time. And then our list from actual movies to what the fuck? Yes, as in... Actual movies that were made to be movies with fully fleshed out plots to somebody cobbled a bunch of scenes together and said, this is a movie. <laughs> exactly. So we got Flatliners, Morbius, Santa Claus. They're our top three. Those are actual movies. Right. Um, Dark Tide we put next. So right above Catwoman. Um, just because Catwoman is just... There's so many scenes in it that is just like, what? 
Yeah, I mean... It's more what the fuck than Dark Tide. Dark Tide is a bunch of nothing happening, so it's kind of WTF. Like, why did they just film a bunch of nothing? Mm -hmm. And Catwoman is more WTF than that because they film things happening, but things that don't really make sense or are so extraordinarily cringy that it's hard to believe that somebody watched this and thought, yeah, let's put this together to to make our movie. Exactly. Similarly with Christian Mingle, because it's legitimately based on a dating app. You're right. And then Grizzly 2 is towards the bottom of the list just because that's the one that yeah. Mike's referring to that was hobbled together yeah, they with literally stock just images. Have, yeah, cobbled together with stock images and footage and there's footage missing. It's, it's amazing. But that's also what makes the movie so great. <laughs> it is. So, and then Rollerball is dead last because even though that didn't use like stock images to make up half of the movie, it was way more what the fuck yeah, than Grizzly it, too. it was a bunch of reshoots and reshoots and some rewrites and they took some scenes from one rewrite and cobbled them together with scenes from a different rewrite that left the movie feeling like it wasn't cohesive so i mean and the things that do happen in that movie don't make any sense so that's why rollerball is at the bottom of the wtf list exactly um so there really weren't many big name actors in uh dark tide so obviously there's halle berry who plays kate um we've already talked about her in cat woman and she's in a bunch of other things so we know who halle berry is um all the other ones are in very few things or they're in things that i've just never heard of um the only show that i saw on anyone's imd list was so uh, olivier martinez who played jeff so that's um halle berry's husband in real well was in real life and, and also in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, he was in six episodes of Revenge. Uh, I think Revenge was an ABC um, TV show, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I remember I watching a ABC. couple episodes with you, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. If you want to watch a TV show that's kind of like... Um, that show is almost 10 years old now. Oh, jeez. I feel old now that you say that. But um, but yeah, that was very much one of those things. Super easy to binge. Um, it's like... The the main woman there, um, I've seen her in some things. Uh, she's really good. I, I thought her acting was really good. And it's just basically, I, I think it is based off of The Count of Monte Cristo. Yes, so it is. basically yep. her coming back um, years and years later to seek revenge. That's why it's called Revenge. So it's pretty good. Yeah, so they might not have needed any big name actors because this movie required very little acting because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Or they must have spent all their money on Halle Berry and on getting film of actual sharks. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So the next random movie to watch. So now this is the big surprise. Big reveal. Big reveal. I'm so excited to announce what will be happening. So let me kind of tell you what's going on and then I want Mike to explain how he even stumbled across this. So this is not a randomly selected movie. The reason why is in two weeks, so not this week, but next week, our man Corbin Burnson. So he's the one who wrote and produced Christian Mingle. He's 
gonna star, or maybe not star, but anyway, he's yeah. gonna um, act in this new movie. It's called Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. We'll get into that title in a second. So this is a second, this is a sequel to a movie. Um, it's gonna be in theaters. <laughs> yes, we are actually going to go into a theater. We're going to go to the ticket counter and say, can we have two tickets to uh, at Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist? The things we do for you guys. <laughs> um, And so... <laughs> so, like I said, that's a sequel. Because that was coming out, and it's a sequel, of course we need to watch... The first one. So the first movie is called Left Behind. This is in 2014. It's a remake. Now this movie has Nicolas Cage in it. So our first time that we're going to be watching a movie with Nicolas Cage. Um, now Left Behind, you might be wondering, well, what is this about? I don't know. Left Behind kind of reminded me of zombies or like some in an apocalypse or something like that. Yeah, so no, it's not. Mm -hmm. So our movie for this is our movie for next week, Left Behind. And it is a movie based off of a book series. Um, and the book series is about the Protestant, certain Protestant Christian denomination belief in the rapture, which is when all the good people get taken to heaven and all the bad people are left on earth while the earth is destroyed with fire and brimstone and then the Antichrist comes back. So Nicolas Cage is in this movie and so it's legitimately like an uber Christian I don't even know. Like We don't know yet. We haven't watched the trailer. Right, but which I'm, we will this Wednesday. Exactly, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be about like, oh, don't be a bad person or this is going to happen to you. Right, yeah. So these aren't like normal horror or suspense movies. These are definitely trying to push a belief, kind of like Christian Mingle, which according to our analytics was the highest watched or highest rated of our episodes highest listened uh tragedies on screen episode so i'm hoping you guys will like this one as well yeah i found this idea because i was trying to find a good movie for my wife and i to watch out in theaters found left behind rise of the antichrist coming out and I said, well, that would be a good tragedies on screen movie. And then I looked into the first one, which had a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So back to back weeks now, we're going to be watching movies with 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I saw Nicolas Cage and I said, yes, this is perfect. We'll watch the first one and then we will go to the theaters to watch the second one for the next week. So that's what we're going to do. And we can't even remember the last time we went to theaters. Um, like, I don't think we have went at all since COVID. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's been at least three or four years. Yeah. I remember there were times where we were trying to find something or like trying to be like, you know what? It could be fun to go back to a movie theater. And then just there was nothing playing that we wanted to see or there was a movie that we wanted to see, but just scheduling-wise didn't quite work. Right, so, and then a lot of them just got sent to streaming at the same time. So that's even true if we too. couldn't see it in the theater, we could just pull it up at home. So this one we will go see in the theater, and it's kind of funny that we're 
this is the one we're choosing to see in the theater instead of, you know, like Black Panther or any actual good movie. Why watch a good movie when you can watch an absolutely (laughs) garbage one and pay 20 some odd dollars to see it? Per person, exactly. Right, yeah. Because we gotta get our snack. You you gotta get your snacks. You gotta grab your popcorn. All right, and so (laughs) Left Behind is so bad that Nicolas Cage does not appear in the second movie. Think about that. Nicolas Cage, who's been in... Everything that anyone has ever given him will not be in the second movie after appearing in the first one. So that tells I'm, you everything you I'm need to excited know. Excited <laughs> and scared for these next two weeks. Honest to goodness. Um, so anyway, let's uh, recap on what's coming up. So this Wednesday we will post our live reaction on YouTube to the Left Behind 2014 trailer. So take a look at that and leave whatever yes, comments. As part of our first look series. As part of our first look series. Then the week after, Mike and I will go to the movies <laughs> and uh, watch Left Behind as well as do a first look on the trailer for that right. one. We, were, we will do a regular episode on the original Left Behind. So we'll be watching uh, the trailer for Left Behind uh, this Wednesday as part of our first look. Then a regularly scheduled episode uh, next Monday. Then a first look at Rise of the Antichrist <laughs> next Wednesday. And then either next Friday or Saturday, we will be going out to the theaters to watch it. So... And then make sure by February 13th, you get in your requests to us can be by any method. So any social media platform or to our email, let us know what your like horrible movie recommendations are. Um, It can just be, you know, movies that you thought were bad. It could be so bad it's good sort of movies. Um, Don't worry about what's already on our list. If you give us one that's already on our list, we'll credit it to you. Um, So far, we do have a few on our um you know follower viewer recommended um so my girl kathy recommended ghost shark um i'm done with sharks i hope we don't get that oh shoot um mike's mom recommended a bunch of different uh horror movies because she's really into those like i think ring two ring two jason in space (laughs) um and then we got our first email to our tragedies on screen um gmail account um um, from Daniel recommended Alien 3. Yeah, and then one of my co-workers recommended It's Alive, a movie about a demon baby. <laughs> so so please continue to share your recommendations with us. Again, on any social media platform, you just search Tragedies on Screen. And then our Gmail is tragediesonscreen at gmail.com. Yes, so leave us your comments, your thoughts, uh, your reviews, anything else on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, um, our subreddit, anywhere where uh, social media is sold. Social media is sold. And so next week, grab your popcorn for Left Behind, the 2014 version starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, God help us. Literally (laughs) and in the movie. (laughs) Until then, we are Tragedies Tragedies on on screen. Screen.